Dark Charm presents Fun with Dirt. Starring Denny Atwell, Justin Gregory, Miguel Pedroza, Robert Hunter, and Mac McCloskey as the gatekeeper. Wait, wait, wait. you're going to do what? I said after we're done this, I think we should go back to the parlor and talk to Miss Redgrave again. She got off easy not telling us what we could fix with the script. Harry dug the ditch, but was nursing a sprained ankle after the events of the morning. <sighs> God, my ankle fucking hurts. Well, that's what happens when a dead body starts talking to you. Besides, not like Craig was going to let us sit there and talk to a corpse. If I were you, I'd go to a hospital and get that checked out first, then worry about the script. You might have broke something. Uh, I can deal with this later. I'm a champ. A champ, huh? A champ at shitting yourself, maybe. Hey! Jay started working on the ditch again. Seems like I'm the only one doing the ditch digging. You've only done a little bit. I've had to do most of this, bad boy. Eh, you're right. I'm sorry, but this this thing's really killing me. I'll make it up to you when I get better, I promise. Chase started laughing hysterically <laughs> as he stopped digging. Harry looked at him curiously. What? What did I say? Jay stopped laughing and turned toward Harry. You make lots of promises, Harry. Not one of them have you kept. You said you would be here for only a couple months. It's been three years. You keep reminding me of that. You also said that you would promise in 11th grade to talk to Becky Utenreither and see if she would go out with me. I did! Yeah. Two weeks after, you went out with her. Dude, back in high school, you got a crippling case of shyness around girls. She didn't want to wait up like that. She was my dream girl, and you took that from me. Jay, dream girl or not, she was a fucking skank. I did you a favor. She had everyone on the football team and might have got an STD from the middle linebacker. I'm pretty sure she's the one that actually gave me mono. Yeah, I guess that was a favor. But let's just say as of late, your promises and favors seem to fall flat, Harry. An hour later, Harry and Jay walked as quietly as they could on the gravel parking lot toward the funeral parlor. A full moon blazed overhead which gave a sense of eeriness as well as a creepy sense of sight. Everything was lit a blue hue. Do you think old man McGee will be awake this time of night? Getting prepared for Miss Redgrave's funeral tomorrow? I'm not even sure that old man McGee even sleeps. But if we were quiet enough, we should be able to get the information we need out of Mrs. Redgrave. And then get out. Get an epic before the funeral tomorrow. And no one knows the wiser. Harry nodded in agreement and smiled as they quickly yet quietly made their way toward the basement of the parlor. The lights were completely off, which meant that everyone was most likely asleep, or gone. A small glowing light came from inside one of the windows that resembled a glow from a television. Craig, he might be up. There's a TV on. I saw, but I don't think that piece of shit would be awake at 2 a.m. Jay put the key into the door and slowly turned the lock to disengage and push open the door. The familiar smell they had come to expect was there, but it was mixed with something else tonight, like the smell of perfume. Do you smell that? Do I smell what the rock is cooking? No, no. No? No. Yeah, not just the embalming fluid and stuff tonight. Smells honestly like someone with perfume had came down here. Jay turned on the lights. The specialty-made coffin was already there and closed. They quickly entered the room and closed the door quietly behind them. They walked toward the coffin as Harry started to speak. Miss Redgrave, you there? At first, there was nothing, not a peep. 
This made them panic until a voice came out from inside of the car. Of Harry opened the coffin. Mrs. Redgrave was still inside, but she looked very different than when they had saw her. She had elegant makeup on, and the smell of perfume came from inside the casket. She also wore a beautiful red dress. Well, boys, how do I look? I am still a looker. Why paint the peacock? Wow, Craig does good work. You look pretty good for a corpse. Dude! It's okay, kiddo. He's right. So what do you two want? You're a little early. Harry looked at Jay apprehensively, as if not knowing exactly what to say. Jay started to get slightly... Don't look at me, man. This was your idea. Well, we want to know more about what happened with our script. What is it that we did wrong? Seriously? You're asking me about a script and you have no paper or pens with you to take notes? Like you don't even care about my opinion. I... I didn't think we would need it. We've been digging your grave. Give us a little break. Mrs. Redgrave rolled her black voidless eyes into her head. All right, all right. I guess I shouldn't bust your balls too much. You are doing a fantastic job with the grave digging. But as for your script, you two need to deconstruct the whole thing. Your characters are dull, storyline is lifeless, they're so predictable, and it's just there's just no sense of direction. We too have a sense of direction. That's the one thing I thought we did have. Well, this whole modification of a universe storyline was kind of out there. Guys! Guys! You need to pick a genre. The script is off the wall. You don't even know what kind of script it is. Is it a love story? Is it an action story? Is it horror? Suspense? A fucking documentary? You two are all over the place and everybody knows it. It's okay. Sometimes you have to have two genres mixed. But only if the mixes make fucking sense. These don't make no sense at all. If you can't decide, your audience won't be able to neither. Well, in a way, we want to have all those facets. Well, if that's the case, there's a way to do it. But your route, the one you're doing is it's so jumbled and crazy, it just doesn't make any sense. Then how should we do it? Think about the world you want to set this piece in first before you start coming up with your characters. Start from the beginning, goddammit. Your flow will do the rest, but if it doesn't, you need to rework it and rework it and work that shit until it does. Any ideas for characters? Nope. That's going to have to come from somebody else. I'm just here to tell you your script sucks, and I'm here to help you. Don't be afraid to be original, but don't be a fucking dumbass about it either. Don't provide shock for shock value alone. If you want to shock people, it has to have a purpose. Harry's attention went elsewhere as he heard footsteps coming from upstairs. His eyes shot wide as he looked at Jay in panic. He mouthed the words to Jay, but no sound came out. Jay stood completely still and looked up at the ceiling. Mrs. Redgrave stifled a laugh as the other two acted as if they were mice caught with peanut butter. Looks like your boss is upstairs and they're still awake. The footsteps continued on for about two minutes and then stopped. The cold sweat that Harry and Jay both had was almost a mirror image of the corpse at Mrs. Redgrave. I think you boys are safe. I think we'd better go. Jay nodded in agreement as Mrs. Redgrave lay back down in the coffin. 
Before Harry slowly closed it, she spoke once more. Good luck, guys. The other daddies will not be as easy as I was. Harry looked confused at Jay. Jay looked back down at Mrs. Redgrave. Good luck, Miss Redgrave. Limbo is a fate better than hell. She returned to her lifeless form as Harry closed the coffin. The two then quickly turned out the lights and made their way back out of the basement and back to the van. For convenience sake, Jay crashed at Harry's apartment. Harry's snoring could be heard from the other room. Jay covered his eyes as a sunbeam came from the window and decided to become a nuisance to the sleeping Jay. Jay's phone started to ring wildly. He woke up and tried to gain his bearings. He grabbed the cell phone and turned it on. He responded in a, in a groggy voice. Hello? Yeah, I imagine that. I had a feeling you two morons forgot about me. Sounds like you're still asleep. And I can't get a hold of Harry. Is he with yeah. you two? Yeah, I stayed overnight here. We'll be there. In ten minutes? Do you know what fucking time it is? You guys are seriously late and Pop is pissed. Jay peered up at Harry's digital clock. It was 11.20 a.m. Mrs. Redgrave's funeral was in ten minutes. Jay stayed on the phone with Craig as he put his pants back on. Stall it as much as you can. We'll be there. Hey, you need to have suits on. All right, nuts, Just get here. I have them pressed for you and ready to go, okay? Fuck, that's Craig, isn't it? Jay looked at him as he nodded his head vigorously. Harry was dressing as fast as he yeah. could. Yeah, we'll be right there. We're going to be in deep shit if we don't get there soon. What happened? I thought you set your alarm. I thought you set the alarm. This is your apartment. Oh, and by the way, just to get your nice shoes. He has the suits already pressed and ready. How's your ankle this morning? Better this morning, but it still hurts a little. Come on, I'll drive. Harry grabbed the nicer shoes near the door and the keys to the van as he headed out of the door, with Jay following suit, but not tying <laughs> Nine minutes later, Craig McGee looked at the people outside the funeral parlor and shook his head in a mixture of fear, disgust, and regret. In the distance, he saw the van supercharging its way up the driveway and into the parking lot. Harry didn't even turn off the van before Jay had already opened the door and was running out. Harry soon followed as Craig pointed at both of them from a distance. You guys are lucky, or you guys are lucky. They're in the dressing area. I've been stalling pops for ten minutes. Hurry the fuck up! Harry and Jay didn't say a word, but went to the parlor, and toward the dressing room era set aside from the main office. Jay opened the door to see old man McGee waiting inside. Harry almost had a heart attack. Hey, you two screw-ups! Hurry up! I want you to know that I'm docking your pay for this. You should have been here 30 minutes ago. And you should be glad I don't fire your ass! You should also know that Craig and myself were able to get Miss Redgrave back to the top level of the parlor. It's a good thing we don't have to rely on you two fuck-ups or we would have been in big trouble. Sorry, Mr. McGee. It'll never happen again. Old Man McGee didn't even deem it worthy to address that as he walked out of the dressing area. Jay closed the door behind them as he looked at Harry. We almost got royally fucked there. We seriously can't fuck up anymore. Yeah, I agree. Especially when now we're we're gonna need a steady stream of dead bodies to help us with our script. Just can't dig people up from the graveyards if we get fired. Minutes later, Harry and Jay were fully dressed as they noticed that Craig and his father had let a lot of people into, into the parlor finally. There was a lot of unhappy faces. 
mostly because of the grieving of Mrs. Redgrave, but others were angry at the seeming lack of professionalism from the part of the parlor executives. Harry gave a knowing look to Jay. They're pissed. Jay nodded as he waited for the minister to start his sermon for Mrs. Redgrave. Craig, however, walked up to him and pulled out an envelope. And uh, here, here, here you go, Numnuts. Uh, this, uh, this was under the door. Has your name on it? Jay took the envelope and looked at it before opening it. It wasn't official mail. All it had on the front was Jay in red lip liner. Before Craig walked away, Jay stopped him. Wait, Craig. Do you know who sent this? No, I just found it this morning, all right? Now fuck off. Go, go. Harry gazed at the envelope curiously as Jay opened it and saw two or three pages inside. Jay started reading. He turned toward Harry and showed him. Hey, boys. Here's a little humor for me on my funeral day. Let no one in my family see this. And nobody better ever let nobody see this. I'm doing this purely for your amusement and your amusement alone. The former Mrs. Lana Redgrave. Jay pointed toward the letter and whispered to his friend. There's a ton of information on here. She's picked out certain people inside and gave the juiciest gossip about them. Wow, this funeral is going to be interesting. The minister, someone who Harry and Jane never saw before, started the usual spiel that they've been hearing for a while now. Billions of pastors, priests, shamans, rabbis, you name it. Same fucking message. Jay looked at the sheet, and she even had a little dirt on the minister. Ladies and gentlemen, guests, you may be seated. Reverend Norman Feast. He's secretly into BDSM and was caught in a bondage bar with his wife's sister. Wow. Jay, it seems like Miss Redgrave had her hand on the pulse of this entire community of people. The Reverend, who looked like a live-action portrayal of Principal Skinner from The Simpsons, started the ceremony. Family and friends, we have come here to celebrate the life of Lana Redgrave. I know there are many feelings and many sorrows permeating through everyone today. But God has given us the peace to know that through his love and grace we will see Lana again. And now, I want to hand the service over to Lana's older brother, Gerald, who wants to say a few words about his sweet sister. A tall man with silvery white hair and a tan that made his skin look like leather walked up to the podium. His eyes were watered and his cheeks, even though taut with obvious plastic surgery, were red. He stood up behind the podium and opened a small stack of paper. He cleared his throat, then spoke. My sister was the most generous woman I've ever known. Her passing was a huge deal for my family, and the fact that she's gone is going to become a heavy burden to the ones who've been left behind that loved her so much. He continued on, but Jay looked down at the letter at what Mrs. Redgrave said about her brother. She went on. And my brother Gerald is the most vain, stuck-up, lazy, no-good son of a bitch I've ever dealt with in my life. He is a leech. He sucks the life out of everybody. And he's going to be so surprised when they read my will because he ain't getting that damn thing from me. <laughs> Jay tried to avoid laughing out loud, so he covered his mouth and smiled. Harry turned around to hide the look on his face. He looked at the open casket where Mrs. Redgrave even though she was lying restfully inside, seemed to have a knowing grin on her face. Craig might have said that that would have been a product of the embalming fluid, but Harry and The Jane minister came back up to the podium after her brother finally finished and continued to speak to the congregation of family and friends. Thank you so much, Gerald. I want to now open the podium to you 
her sweet family and friends. If you wish to share memories or talk to Lana here, please feel free. There was a pause in the audience at first, but then a fairly large man made his way up to the podium. He walked with a cane and was dressed in a suit that almost seemed too small for him. Hello, I'm Bert Jessen. Jay looked at the papers and saw the name. Mrs. Redgrave replied. He used to be the quarterback of our high school football team. He was a sweet guy. A little too sweet, if you ask me. There was tons of rumors that he swung for the other team, but you know what I mean. But I gave him a blowjob after a dance one evening, and his inhibitions just melted away. He wasn't gay. He was just shy. He hurt his knees after a punishing game against Boston College when he was at Northeastern. It was a horrible day. There were scouts for the NFL, most exclusively the Patriots. That's the team he wanted to be on, and they wanted to see about him. He never played football again. Mr. Jensen said his piece and left the podium. In a way, Jay felt sorry for Mr. Jensen. He had a chance to achieve his dreams, only to have a chance incident take it away from him. Next, an older lady in a black and white flowered dress and a god-awful hat came up to the podium. Whoever told her this dress was a funeral-appropriate attire should have been dragged out into the street and put out on trial for heresy, Jay thought to himself. The back was open, and her breasts, pushed up and perky, were for all to see. She looked to have been related to Mrs. Redgrave, but she seemed much uglier than her. My name is Dolores. Lana was my younger sister. My sister Dolores is a Jezebel. I'm talking a fucking whore. What she lacks in looks, she sure as hell makes up for with her vagina. I caught her with her knickers around, her pants getting plugged in the ass by my husband in a trip to Acapulco. She and him have been having a sexual relationship, probably on and off for the past 30 years. I didn't give a fuck. I stopped caring. Since I got my own two boys to spend time with, but watching that Morty Redgrave fuck me over, that was the last straw for my family. But since good old Morty, he had lots of money. Lots of money. I dealt with it. My needs were always met by somebody in one way, shape, or form. Apparently, so were Dolores's. Check and see if she goes back to see him after she speaks at the funeral. That will tell you everything you need to know. Dolores said her piece and walked away from the podium. It almost seemed anticlimactic that Mr. Redgrave finally got up to speak to the mourners. They saw, however, a knowing grin pass between the two. Jay looked down at the papers. She was pretty detailed in her disdain as well as her love for someone else who was not there. Mrs. Redgrave wrote about her husband. For the first ten years of our marriage, it was the most magical time of my life. He treated me like a princess. No, better yet, he treated me like a queen. And then we found out I couldn't have children. And instead of staying the man I thought he was, he began to treat me differently. Not any less loving, but just more distant. Morty just put on a facade for ten years. He wasn't the man I fell in love with anymore. Like I said, he started having an affair with my damn sister. But she wasn't the only one. He would pay for sex when he could. He liked to bang prostitutes. He would woo women in his half his age and make them his concubines. After a full 20 years of marriage, I lost all love for him. And then after 25 years, I lost all my respect. We were honestly married only in name, and it was just easier for the both of us, so we kept it on. Jay stopped reading, although there was still more, and looked back toward the coffin. He then went to heaven. I can't read anymore. We'll check out more later. But out of the corner of his eye, he saw Old Man McGee staring a hole into him. That wasn't good. Jay made like he was emotionally distraught and headed for the bathroom, which wasn't a far stretch because he actually was.
After the funeral, Harry and Jay put Mrs. Redgrave's body into the hearse and helped drive it to the graveyard. Jay drove, even though it was day shift because he wanted Harry to read the letter from Mrs. Redgrave to him. Harry had the letter and was thumbing through it. <laughs> wow! What about her niece, Brittany? She sucks so much dick in her life, she could have been a dick connoisseur. How, how people with these wines she was with dicks? Like, how many dicks? Is this like a, a dick, you know, like dicks in a row? I, I don't get it. Aw, <laughs> oh, hey dude, you've been quiet since Morty Redgrave spoke at the funeral. What gives? I'm pretty sure she hated almost everyone in that letter except for Mr. Jessen. Money can make people fake. And in a way, she was fake too. Uh, how so? She stayed with Morty Redgrave and dealt with his shit not because she loved him, but because they had money tied in together. Hell, he was f***ing her sister on a regular basis from what I read. She didn't get pregnant, did she? I don't see any record of children. So his reason after 25 years of marriage to leave her emotionally was what? He just wanted sluttier pussy? That makes some sense, but not all of it. Dude, people live their lives. Sometimes people act a certain way because it's in their freaking genes. It's, it's in their blood. As if a light bulb went off in his head, his eyes widened. Wait a second. I got something. What? What's wrong? Did we miss something? Jay tried to vocalize his thoughts. There were a jumble in his head. But as his thought cleared, he became more confident. Blood. You mentioned blood. What if we had a character that could take and manipulate blood? Harry went deep into thought and then stopped. Uh, we're almost at the graveyard. I think we should revisit this later. I think we had enough negative attention for one day. Tell me about it. Old man McGee tried staring a hole through my face while at the funeral. What, was it because of the letter? Probably. But you have no idea with old man McGee. Maybe he was asleep. Craig said that sometimes he sleeps with his eyes open. He does? Why is, the first, why is that the first I've heard of this? And why would he tell you and not me? They finally pulled into the graveyard and down the path headed to the site for burial as Harry continued. I caught him eating his lunch doing that. Craig had to wake him up. So he sleeps through the funeral. How does he not snore or something to make people find out the truth? Maybe they think he's genuinely inspired by the words of the minister. Who knows? I do know one time he had a serious bout of drool, but he played it off really nice. The graveyard was set up perfectly. It would be the best they could do considering the weather conditions. They took care of digging it the day before and were as prepared as possible. Moments later, after the benediction by the minister, and when everyone had left the gravesite, Harry and Jay, as well as Craig, helped put the coffin in the ground. Old Man McGee stood by and watched them. They comfort me. I'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'll anoint my head with oil. A cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. Go Really disappointed in you boys today. Honestly, these last few days have not been your best ones. Sorry, sir. It's been a crazy couple of days. It won't happen again. Alright, now it better not, okay? Now finish putting the dirt back in and head on home. We got something else coming in tomorrow. I want you two to bring those suits back so they can be a dry cleaner, right? My pops and I are going... My pops and I are going home, okay?
Old Man McGee and his son left in their car. The hearse was theirs to take back. Harry saw the hearse for what it really was, an opportunity. Jay, I have an idea after we're done. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, hell yeah. Call Jerome. You've been listening to Fun With Dirt, a Dark Chore Media production. Guest starring Stacey Atwell as Lana Redgrave and Emily McAnulty as Dolores. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.